Thank you, Lance. Appreciate that. Let's pray for our missionaries. Father, we pray right now blessing on the coals. God, I pray for the desire to be effective in Japan. God, I pray for the COVID situation and, and the ability to minister uh, using that shared experience. And God, I pray that they would, they would find fruit. Uh, God, encourage your servants today. Help them to, to know that they are serving you and you alone and, and that, Father, that is effective. And we just pray for them. And as we continue in prayer, would you pray this prayer? Would you just say in your heart, God, since there's something for me to hear, I'm willing to listen. Would you just give God that prayer this morning? God, since there's something you want me to hear, I'm willing to listen. And God, we pray that you'd be glorified. We pray that everyone hearing this message would be edified. We pray that Satan would be horrified. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. And all God's people, you need to know your pastor does know what time it is and you're going to be okay. Let's go. Here we go. Holiness and hope in a hostile world. First Thessalonians. We're in the book of First Thessalonians, so if you'd meet me in First Thessalonians chapter 2, either on a gadget or a Bible, there's some underneath the seats and racks, uh, but we're going to be in First Thessalonians chapter 2 this morning. Just a quick reminder, First Thessalonians, the whole, the whole book could be summed up with this one verse found in First Thessalonians 5.23. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we're, we're using that theme, and out of the video, we did the uh, summary video last week through the Bible people, or the, uh, I forget what it's called, but they say in there, there was a little clip there, I did a screenshot, it says, following Jesus produces a countercultural, holy way of life, everybody say holy, that responds to a hostility with love and generosity, and that is motivated by hope in the coming kingdom of Jesus. That's why we titled this series, Holiness and Hope in a Hostile World. And so this morning, the big idea is Christian imitation, pleasing to God, follow the leader. We're going to talk about Paul this morning and how he talked about what it means to be a leader and how to be a good leader. And, and we all need to be following the leader. And I would say the leader needs to be Jesus. It needs to be Jesus. And so I thought we would play a little follow the leader this morning. Are you awake with me this morning? We're going to play a little, not Simon says, let's play a PD says. Why? Because I'm a megalomaniac and I love the power. So it's going to be PD says. We're starting right now. The game begins now. And it's when PD says, then you do that thing. All right, let's start. Stand up. Those of you who stood up, you're out. <laughs> PD says, stand up. Perfect. PD says, raise your right hand. PD says, put your right hand down. All right, you can sit down. If you sat down, you're out. PD says, uh, stick your left arm out. PD says, raise your right foot up. PD says, put your hand on your nose. Put your right foot down. If you did that, you're out. All right? Uh, uh, you know what? This is just crazy. Look at you. Sit down. Forget it. PD says sit down. All right. I just wondered if I could get you to do it. I actually was like, will they do that? I don't know if they... You did that. Wow. Thank you. So talk about following the leader. Good for you. Um, and I appreciate that. I appreciate being at a church where the people want to follow God and you're kind to me as well. I love that. So let's get into it this morning. Find out what Paul uh, is going to teach us. Can we read the passage? I'll read it. You listen. Follow along. 1 Thessalonians 2, 1 through 16. You know, brothers and sisters, that our visit to you was not without results. 
We had previously suffered and been treated outrageously in Philippi, as you know. But with the help of our God, we dared to tell you his gospel in the face of strong opposition. For the appeal we make does not spring from error or impure motives, nor are we trying to trick you. On the contrary, we speak as those approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We are not trying to please people, but God who tests our hearts. You know, we never use flattery, nor did we put on a mask to cover up greed. God is our witness. We were not looking for praise from people, not from you or anyone else. Even though as apostles of Christ, we could have asserted our authority. Instead, we were like young children or gentle among you. Just as a nursing mother cares for her child, so we cared for you because we loved you so much. We were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Surely you remember, brothers and sisters, our toil and hardship. We work night and day in order not to be a burden to anyone while we preach the gospel of God to you. You are witnesses, and so is God, of how holy, righteous, and blameless we were among you and who believed. For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. And we thank God continually because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as human word, but as it actually is, the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe. For you, brothers and sisters, became imitators of God's churches in Judea, which are in Christ Jesus. You suffered from your own people the same things church suffered from the Jews, who killed the Lord Jesus and prophets and also drove us out. They displease God and are hostile to everyone in their effort to keep us from speaking to the Gentiles so that they may be saved. In this way, they always heap up their sins to the limit. The wrath of God has come upon them at last or fully. So in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, Paul actually defends himself. One of the things you learn in ministry is don't defend yourself. And yet Paul did. And so if I ever have to defend myself, I'll say Paul did. <laughs> Paul actually is saying, listen, I, I want to set the record straight. Remember last week I taught you that the, these people in Thessalonica, or Thessalonica, however you want to say it, these people only had Paul for like three weeks, maybe four weeks, but nothing more than a month was he there. And he established this church. People believed and a church was formed. It was incredible. Good work on Paul. Great job. A sustaining church. But he had to leave. He had come to them out of great torment and then got back out on the road and Paul's going out there and serving. Well, people attack leaders. Why do we do that? Why is it so easy for us to attack somebody that's trying to lead? I know sometimes leaders do terrible things. I understand that. But I think there's something in us as humans that just like to take somebody down. I mean, we, we, we tend to enjoy that. And, and here's Paul. He launched this church. He left. He was only there for a short while. And now comes the word, he doesn't love you. He doesn't care about you. He left you. You people in Thessalonica, you've been abandoned. Paul's an abandoner. Not only that, he just came to get money from you. He's just greedy. Now he just wants you to, to he's going to call himself a missionary and he wants you guys to send support every month. That's what he's doing. So what is Paul doing in chapter 2? He he's writing back to the kids saying, listen, let me set the record straight. 
We came. You heard the gospel. You were changed. It was because it's the word of God. And I love you like a mom, like a dad. That's what he said. I love you. And I did not come to you on false pretenses. I did not come to you for money. I didn't put on a mask and fake. I did what I did, and may God be our witness. In the middle of that, he actually says these words that any leader would shudder to say out loud, but we were holy, righteous, and blameless. That's what Paul said about himself. I was holy, righteous, and blameless. Wow. Good on you, Paul. But he spends a chapter just kind of trying to let the people know who he is, where he's coming from. We're going to run through it quickly this morning. When we look at this passage, we learn that leaders are people of courage. Everybody say courage. In verse 2, we hear that Paul comes to them. He was being just beat up. I mean, literally and figuratively. I mean, he was being beat up in Philippi. And he came to Thessalonica. He is of great courage that he would come. I'm going to run through a couple of these verses because the Bible gives us some light into this. Why are people like this? Why is Paul getting beat up and tortured? Well, some of it is hostility from the world. Some of it is the Jews. The Jews are, are, are not letting him preach this gospel of Jesus Christ, and they don't believe in the Messiah, and, and, and Paul is preaching that Jesus is the Savior. And so we find out that it's sinfulness. In John 3.19, it says, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world. P- people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Leaders are people of courage because they deal with sinful people. And they're going to face hardship. Leaders are people of courage. And we find out even during difficult occasions, the book of Hebrews is the Hebrews Hall of Faith in chapter 11. And it talks about leaders there. It says in 35 through 38, they, there were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawn in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskin and goatskin, destitute, persecuted, mistreated. The world wasn't worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. And so today, just in case you're thinking, PD's doing a whining message about how hard it is to be a leader. I ain't done none of that stuff. My wife's working in the nursery today, so I can say ain't. I ain't done none of that stuff. I'm not crying today, and I'm not whining today. This is the passage God put before the preacher, and the preacher has to preach it. Paul's defending himself, and the fact is, people are sinful, and people attack leaders, but I'm not whining. As far as I know, y'all ain't sawn me in two. As far as I know, y'all ain't left me destitute. As far as I know, yeah, 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 you're a people. People can be hard on their leaders, but man, I know that I ain't, I, I, I better not use ain't that much, but she'll find out, trust me. I don't have it that bad. As I look at this passage, I think, oh, thank you, God, that you gave me a people who's loving and gracious and kind. But the Bible talks about leaders who suffered. They faced difficult occasions. In Amos 8, 11 through 13, there was outright rejection. The Bible says, The days are coming, declares the sovereign Lord, when I will send a famine through the land, not a famine of food and thirst for water, but a famine of hearing of the words of the Lord. People will stagger from sea to sea and wander from north to east, searching for the word of the Lord, but they will not find it. We are in a day today where there's a rejection of truth 
not only is there a rejection of truth, there's an outright um, non-understanding when it's there. They don't see it. The truth is hidden today. It's obscured and the world is, is hopeless and helpless. What they call truth is a lie and what they call uh, a lie is truth. And so we're living in a hostile environment today that there's outright rejection. So Paul faced this. He also faced the charge because he gave this charge to a young pastor. He said, preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct rebuke and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. So the charge is there. So why do, do leaders do it? They have to do it because the people have courage, but they really do it because they were called to do it. No whining, no crying. Step up, be a leader. Have courage. The second thing I see in this passage, leaders are people driven by purpose. Everybody say purpose. In verse 4 here, we see the purpose. On contrary, we speak to those approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We're not trying to please people, but God. you got to have a focus on purpose. Good leaders fix their eyes on their purpose. They keep the main thing the main thing. Paul came and preached Christ. Church in Thessalonica, you need to get this right. Get Jesus right. Good leaders do not allow themselves to lose sight of the goal. So we see a good leader here in Paul that he keeps bringing them back. Hey, hey, the evil one wants to discourage you. The evil one wants to put a seed of doubt about your leader. And we want to knock that leader down. See, Satan always wants to take the leader down. When the leader is knocked down, other people fall. Other people are affected by that. We've seen that when pastors of big churches, we find out there's a mighty sin that happens. And not only does it affect him and his family, but there are many people in the church. Some walk away completely. They're like, if that guy who I listened to week after week after week was lying, then none of it's true. And so many are taken. And so Satan wants to take the leader down. So you've got to be focused on purpose. A good leader's focused on purpose, and he's focused with courage. Micah 6, 8. What is the purpose? Micah 6, 8 makes it very clear. It's to please God. He has shown you, O man, what is good and what the Lord requires of thee, but to do justice and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. That's it. He has shown you. Have you ever wanted to know what, what would it take to please God? Have you ever wanted to know that? What would it take to please him? We told us in Micah 6, 8, do justice. Do what's right. Love mercy. Walk humbly with your God. You as a people can do that by following Christian leaders. Do what's right. If it's not right, don't do it. Listen to godly wisdom and godly preaching. Don't do what's wrong. By the way, where were the people in Thessalonica that were standing up for the leader and saying, don't People are saying ugly things about Paul and he's not here to defend himself. That's wrong. Don't, don't take the, the leader down. And if you hear people trying to take the leader down, see it for what it is. Satan's foothold into taking many people down. Don't be a part of it. Do justice. Love mercy. Oh, mercy. We as believers gotta love mercy. And we got to walk humbly. That passage gives us how to please God, and it's the microcosm of Jesus going to the cross. God is a God of justice, righteousness, but he loved mercy. The God of justice dispensed mercy, and Jesus Christ came humbly. Justice 
mercy, humility. You want to be like Jesus? Follow the real leader? Micah 6.8 tells us how to do it. That's the purpose. It isn't polls or public opinion that counts. It is right and wrong. And leadership, leaders with fortitude, honesty and belief, enough in the right to do it. Harry Truman said that. Leaders are people of integrity. Everybody say integrity. Verse 5, he talked about he wasn't faking this. He wasn't being a people pleaser. He wasn't being fake, putting on a mask. And he wasn't prideful and arrogant. Instead, the Bible says that he were gentle. People of integrity. Paul was a leader of integrity. Matthew 5, 37, all you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. Jesus had said that. It's quoting Jesus. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Be a person of integrity. Good leaders are people of integrity. In chapter number four today, leaders are people who care. Everybody say care. And this is where I, I want to land just for a second today. Verses seven and eight, he talks an analogy about a nursing mother. Later on, he talks about a father too. He talks about being parents. So Paul is coming to him and saying, listen, I'm like your mama, I'm like your daddy. I, I love you like that. Nursing mothers. And we love you moms. Uh, it's not Mother's Day, but it might as well be because I'm going there. And it's a great day to do it because a lot of ladies are on the women's retreat and they're missing it. Mother's love. A mother's love is something that no one can explain. It is made of deep devotion and of sacrifice and pain. It is endless and unselfish and enduring come what may. For nothing can destroy it or take that love away. It is patient and forgiving when all others are forsaking. And it never fails or falters even though the heart is breaking. It believes beyond believing when the world around condemns. And it glows with all the beauty of the rarest, brightest gems. It is far beyond defining. It defies all explanation. And it still remains a secret like the mysteries of creation. A many splendid miracle man cannot understand. And another wondrous evidence of God's tender guiding hand mother's love the source was unknown but if you really liked it i wrote it a mother's love man i love how paul says like a nursing mother wow seriously i mean that that kind of care let's talk about what that kind of care is it nurtures and cares that kind of love it shares their life and expends energies. You moms are endless. You moms who care for your babies, it's, it's unbelievable to me. Again, if men had babies, every family would only have one. But mothers have this incredible amnesia and they have more than one. It amazes me. And with each one, there's so much love and care and energy. You heard a mama today. Could have just closed in prayer. Because you heard a mama's testimony today of hurt and hardship and suffering. But oh, the love, the love that's there. I, I didn't want to miss anything, so I wrote a bunch out. This is for all the mothers who've sat up all night with sick toddlers in their arms, wiping up barf laced with Oscar Mayer wieners and cherry Kool-Aid saying, it's okay, honey, mama's here. Who walk around the house all night with their babies when they keep crying and won't stop. 
This is for all the mothers who show up at work with spit up in their hair and milk stains on their blouse and diapers in their purses. For all the mothers who run carpools and make cookies and sew Halloween costumes. For all the mothers who froze their buns off at, on metal bleachers at football or soccer games Friday night instead of watching from their cars so that when their kids asked, did you see me? They could say, of course I did. I wouldn't have missed it. This is for the mothers who taught their children to tie their shoelaces before they started school and for the mothers who opted for Velcro instead. <laughs> for the mothers whose heads turn automatically when a little voice says, Mom, in a crowd, even though they know their own are at home. That's a mother's love. What makes a good mom anyway? Is it patience, compassion, or is it heart? Is it the ache you feel when you watch your son or daughter disappear down the street walking to school alone for the very first time? This is for the young mothers stumbling through diaper changes and sleep deprivation. For mothers and stay-at-home mothers and single mothers and married mothers. Thank you. I love that Paul used this illustration to talk about his love for the church. And here he was being attacked and his response was, but I love you. In all the ways like a mother loves her child. In all the ways that a father directs his child. So here's for the mothers today. Leaders are people who are right with God, verse 10. This will be our last one this morning. In there he says, blameless. That, that refers to a public reputation. Honest, sincere, kind, and trustworthy. All these things are true, friends. As I look at this passage and I, I recognize that Paul, uh, he, he was a leader of so many churches. I mean, literally, he's the first of the multi-site campus. He had churches all over the place and he'd try to visit. He'd write letters and, and sometimes he'd have to correct and sometimes he'd have to love and he was like a parent to these churches, but there was a genuine love there. All of that said, I just want to end today by just saying, I don't know if you caught it or not, but in my preparation, I was, uh, there was a cadence happening. There was a cadence happening as I was writing the points. And did you notice that every point started with three words? Leaders are people. And I would pause for a moment this morning before I gave you the point. Anybody notice that? I did it on purpose because I want you to know leaders are people. Here's the difficulty. <laughs> I will let you down. I'll disappoint, not on purpose. But I know I'm not perfect. And I know in no way could I measure up to Paul. So what does it mean? That means you guys got to understand leaders are people you got to have leaders of courage you got to have leaders of purpose you got to have leaders who care you got to have leaders of integrity you got to have leaders who are right with God all of that's true but remember leaders are people leaders are people so let's let's just do this let's follow Jesus as our leader look to Jesus and follow him and when I'm following Jesus yeah go ahead and look to me if I'm doing it right but man if I blow it don't stop looking to Jesus don't let a disappointment stop you from the main thing being the main thing, and that's be like Jesus. Leaders are people. 
I'm thankful for the people in Thessalonica, in Thessalonica, and I'm thankful they had a leader who would confront situations, but it gets ugly, it gets hard, it gets difficult, and we see that right from the beginning. Even somebody as gifted and blessed as Paul had difficulties in ministry, but oh, we need leaders, amen? We need followers who are also obedient to Jesus. Let's pray this morning. I'd ask the band to come up and join me if you would. Father, I thank you for this passage in 1 Thessalonians where Paul had to just kind of get to business and kind of had to talk about some hard things going on. And I don't know how many of the people believed it or how many of the people scoffed at it when they heard it. It's so easy to doubt our leaders and to judge their intentions and put words in their mouths and, and all this was happening to Paul. So I don't know how many people, maybe people left the church, I don't know. Maybe the people who left the church said awful things and tried to pull others away. All I know is it doesn't seem to matter too much. They moved on from there. Thank you for Paul's example. God, I pray that uh, we would be a church not known following leaders in the pulpit, but following Jesus. I pray in Jesus' name, amen.